0: Welcome to another episode of Way to Hill, Utah. I'm your host, Dave Meekham, and it's great fun for me to have two of my good friends back in this episode. We've got Brett Matkiff from the Hill Program at the Utah Department of Health and Human Services, and Judy Sharp joins us again today, another good friend of the program. And Judy, you've been with us many times. Thanks for being here. Brett, thanks for being here as well. We've got yeah. something fun to talk about today. It is September, and we talk a lot about family meals during the month of September. But it's also National Childhood Obesity Month, and it's a great time to be aware of that. The two kind of play together because, interestingly enough, family meals, one of the advantages of families who have meals together tend to have lower rates of obesity with their kids. But, Brett, you've got some interesting information on Utah kids when it comes to obesity with our high school age kids.
1: Well, just as a background, I mean, I think there's an interesting one when we go, is childhood obesity an issue? I mean, we've been... We've been in this for how many years? I mean, this is such a, a priority over the past you know, 10 years or so that we've we've seen so much attention in either the media, in a lot of our healthcare organizations, but is it really that much of an issue? Well, if you look back in 1978, we had a childhood obesity rate of 5%. That seems kind of where I expect expected. I mean, here I was, I was a wee little bipper running around that time. I look around and go, yeah, I can kind of see that's exactly what it'd be. Yeah. You get almost up to where we are now. A couple of years back, we were almost at 20%. So we go, oh my word, there's clearly something happening, but we have to figure out what's going on. Now, I'm a physical activity guy. That's my world. That's what I spend all my time focusing on and, and looking at. It. I'm like, there's gotta be something because we've got this super low rate for Utah. Because again, those numbers I was talking about work for the national overall. But here in Utah, we're actually Doing surprisingly well, but it is interesting because if you go, we've got this this rate that is kind of like I expected it to be higher because you know we've seen the whole national level go up. But I mean, we're we're ranked 49 out of 51 you know, right. states and territories, and and I feel like that's a good thing. That if I pull up some of our physical activity rates amongst our ninth through 12th graders, and I use ninth to 12th graders because we have so much data on it, we're not real active. Our kids are just not moving that much.
0: That's crazy. How do we explain that? Is there an explanation?
1: I think there's a lot to explain. But I mean, coming at it from that physical activity angle, knowing that. We're not talking about obesity as the main focus area. To me, it's always about the determinants. How do we get there? And this is such a multifaceted thing. So physical activity obviously can be part of it. The type of food that we're eating obviously a part of it. The amount of food we're eating obviously. And there's so much more: social and 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 genetic issues. And I, I, Judy can talk about that better than I. But when we look at our 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 kids, and we're like, we are maybe not doing them some terribly big favors. So I mean. For instance, what what are we talking about here? I mean, we're around this 27%-ish of, 28%-ish of uh, 9th to 12th grade boys are getting enough activity. I'll say it again. Let me rephrase it a little bit. 75% of our 9th to 12th grade boys are not getting enough activity.
0: That's pretty profound. Let's make it worse. Let's make it worse.
1: We're at about 14 and a half percent of our ninth to 12th grade girls who are getting enough activity. Oh boy. Yeah. So now here we're having that warm, fuzzy feeling where we're going 85 plus percent is not, they're not getting enough activity and we can say there's so much of a reason for it. You know, there's expectations, there's cultural things. There's things like I I have super short hair, so I don't worry about getting a shower after a workout, whereas my wife very much would. Uh, That's the same thing in a, in a school setting um, with PE but it's not doing us any favors. I mean, literally when we say 78% of, of Utah youth are not getting enough activity, that sets us up for a situation. And I'm not gonna say that's going to cause obesity. I'm going to say it's gonna magnify, it's gonna amplify and make everything else that's happening, for instance, in the nutrition world,
0: much more pronounced. It's just amazing that we can, on one chart, look like we're doing so well compared to the other states. With childhood obesity and then you look at the real activity level and it's so opposite so what we're really doing here is not saying we're doing great we're comparing and that can be misleading
2: yeah so i think comparing a data piece on physical activity and something else we're talking apples and oranges so yes the public has to be really aware of what is being said here and i think as Brett said, and we know health is multifaceted and weight is an indicator of health to some extent. BMI is a tool of of, of identifying this. So in our country, yes, we're, we're very high. Utah has always been known as kind of the healthy state. But when we look at breaking down what health is, when I look at the two to 19 year olds, so I'm bringing it down a little bit lower. We have like about almost 13% of our just two to five year olds that are obese. I mean, that rate is still unacceptable. You know, even when Brett was saying that 5% decades ago, that's still really high when we're looking at obesity. You know, obesity means these kids are not having a healthy lifestyle. And these are all indicators that these kids are going to be unhealthy. They're unhealthy already as children. They're going to be unhealthy as adolescents. They're going to be even more profoundly unhealthy. And you're going to see those chronic health diseases that are preventable. This is the key, preventable, that are going to lead to diabetes. We're talking about cardiovascular disease and a myriad other diseases that we don't even talk about. And we're an economic state. I mean, when we're looking at our gross domestic product, I'm reading this here that we're looking at, it has increased so much due to the dollars on health. So 80% of our healthcare dollars were spent on preventable chronic diseases. This is showing me is $160 billion on direct medical costs, for diabetes alone, I mean, this is crazy. So if it doesn't hit you in the health pocket, let's look at, it at our economic cost and progression in a country or in Utah. I think nutrition is definitely another significant piece that we're not even looking at. We're not even looking at the fact that, as Brett said, we're eating too much. We're not eating the right foods. Our fruit and vegetable consumption is pretty darn low when we do data on that. And that's just a huge piece. We're not even eating whole foods. We're eating processed foods. We're eating too much food. And it is harder to burn off and run off that unhealthy food that you've had. Your intake comes in really quickly and it really exponentially adds that excess weight. And it's not just about the weight, it's the quality of food we put in our bodies. And and I think we're missing that whole big piece too, because food is nutrition, is health, is fuel for our bodies. And we're eating a lot of unhealthy foods and we have become really unhealthy with our little kids and that's where I find, that's where we really start. And we get and that ties into family meals. We start early, we develop these lifestyle habits. So we're looking at parents, caregivers, mothers, fathers, everybody, grandfathers, grandmothers, everybody working with those young kids. Maybe that will help us mold and shift a little bit. But honestly, I think we need to start early. We're talking prenatally before we get these really bad habits in place.
0: Right. And I think a great way to summarize this, I I think this is kind of what we're saying here, is that obesity is a sign that something is definitely wrong, but the lack of obesity is not a statement that you're very healthy. And I think we as a public kind of always interpret it that way. Don't we, Brett?
1: We do, because I'll tell you, it's hard. I I spend a lot of my time uh, running a gym here in in Utah and the issues surrounding weight have very little to do with health. And when I moved over to public health to kind of capture that in my perceptions, it was such an amazing thing that you, you don't see people being active. And you notice I don't use the term exercise all that often. I try and avoid the E word because it's so loaded with all these things. You don't see people being active necessarily to be healthier. You want to look better. That's the first thing that most people r- will report. Anytime we ask, why are you physically active? Well, I want to look better. Great. That's one motivation. But in so many situations, you think about what gets somebody started. Because if we haven't created a lifestyle of physical activity as a kid, then all of a sudden they turn 18 and magically they become you know awesome at physical activity. They don't. We have to create something. But we say, what happens? We'll see someone have a heart attack. They say I have to change my life, or have a scare with uh, diabetes. I, I remember Judy. You probably remember this as much as I. When we used to call uh, type two diabetes adult onset diabetes mellitus, as opposed and as opposed to I remember that. one when it was you know considered yeah. childhood, we had to get rid of that because so many kids were getting uh, this adult onset, and you're like, well, you're you're not an adult, but you're definitely diabetic. Those things are so interesting because for me, again, physical activity, the first thing you're going to see is a benefit within the first five minutes of walking, your mood's going to improve. That's a huge thing from a mental health perspective. We're going to go for that. You get your activity in on a regular basis, you know, a couple of weeks, immediately your ability of your heart to uh, pump more efficiently, take in more oxygen move that oxygen throughout the body that's going to be immediately improved. So I I see as exactly what we've been talking about obesity is an indicator but I think our prioritization should be on being active for the sake of being active for both the physical, the mental and that emotional and even the social benefits that go along with it.
0: Right. The point is there's so many benefits to physical activity that really aren't necessarily related to to obesity that yeah. there's a basically a disconnect there. And, Judy, I think we can say the same thing about nutrition, because I think we all know that person who can eat and does eat just junk food and processed foods, all of that stuff they don't put on a pound. They've got that metabolism, they're young, whatever it is, but that's missing the point because there's so many other benefits that come with proper nutrition.
2: Yes. There are exceptions like smoking or people back in the day, you know, my grandma's 98 years old and still smoke, you know, right? (laughs) you know, and, and I always think of, well, gosh, for the 75 year old that didn't eat well, or didn't exercise That passed away. I think, boy, he probably would would have had great quality of life to probably 110. But yeah, there's a lot of factors that go in with health. And I like to draw back and say, let's have some common sense. We know with physical activity, you're increasing the stroke volume, you're increasing your capillary bed, you're getting nutrients to the whole body. All these things that are really important when you get the blood flowing and it helps for healing and all of these things. Same thing with nutrition. It's the fuel that you're putting in your body. And it starts with breastfeeding. It really does. It's just the fact of breastfeeding decreases the obesity rate. And there's so many things we don't know about the mechanisms of that. There's plenty of things we do know about it, but how the body is developed during all of these aspects is a huge, huge part of how we end up. We know that children that are breastfed have lower obesity rates as children, as adults. So, all of those things are super important and going to the table, as Dave was talking about. Family meals, where we're actually coming together, and it speaks to Brett's point about this, the social and the other aspects. These are all things that we've kind of ignored or haven't recognized that these are healthy behaviors. We're talking, we're socializing, we're bonding as family, and we're eating foods that we created in the kitchen possibly together, and we're making it a whole family social habit, behavior, culture, if you will.
0: I like that. And I especially like the point that nutrition begins from day one in childhood, and it never changes. Your nutrition is always critical. It doesn't matter where you are in life. And, you know, as babies grow and develop, then you introduce physical activity as as soon as that makes sense. And that can be just little things for infants and and babies.
2: As floor time, let me jump in floor time, you know, where they're actually rolling on the floor and you're on the floor when they're, you know, months old, getting them to be moving. Yes.
0: Right. So it's a parallel development. You introduce it, you get kids involved from day one on both sides, both physically active and nutrition. And if you can get those habits established, they're going to be so much better off in life. They'll be more successful in school, all these benefits.
2: And they're fun and easy thing to do. You mentioned infant. That can be fun to be on the floor rolling around with your baby. I mean, how much more fun can you have than that?
0: Right. And Brett, we've talked about this before, that when you try and get your kids physically active. How important is it for us to participate and be physically active with them?
1: Golly, you mean you can set an example? You think that's going to be beneficial? No. I mean, what a thing, what a thing this is because, okay, Dave, you and I, we're history buffs. We, we like it, you know, and I, I love looking at what's changed. Because if we are as parents setting an example of sitting there with our our phones or our tablets or whatever and watching te- television, watching whatever our streaming services are, that's what the kids are going to do. If we create this this example, this just an expectation, these what we call descriptive social norms. You know, it's kind of a thing where we go, this is just what we do here. You know, I, I hear a lot of families that have the the family motto, we do hard things. We could do some harder things, especially when it comes to activity. Because if we look at just the past hundred years, what we've done with our life expectancy, and a lot of it's coming from all sorts of things, from you know immunizations up to better living conditions to better health care, it comes down to are we putting our bit of effort in? Are we doing enough to say, hey, we are going to continue to live a long, healthy life. And we're going to set that example as a family.
0: I like that because if you think about it, what you just said is is important is even if we're active, we need to let our kids see us be active. If we get up, go work out in the morning, head for work, and our kids never see that, They never see that example. And maybe we did have a great day, very active day, did all things we need to do. But then we come home and we sit down and watch TV. That's what they saw.
1: Yeah. And what an interesting thing to be looking at the experience through the eyes of a a child. I mean, first of all, I'd have to think a little bit lower to the ground. And second of all, I'd be, what are the things that are so important? And if you're constantly doing that, you know, I don't have time. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. You set an example for what's priority. But if you say, hey, this is important, come do it with me. It doesn't matter the age. I don't care if you're going from tummy time from an infant all the way up to, you know, participating in some big sporting event. But it doesn't even have to be organized. It can just be movement. It's out play it together
0: fun. as a family.
2: And it can just be fun. You know, all of these things are not work. They're fun. And if adults are, are overweight, which two-thirds of our population are, If we think of that as, okay, well, I can't do this. I can't do this vigorous activity, or I can't take this on the sport or, but what you could do is small steps towards creating that model and being healthier for yourself. So even if you're you're two and three and four and five and six and seven year old can run way, way faster than you, you get out and you can walk and do what you can do. And maybe you can work up to something more vigorous. But you're setting the example that, you know, that Dave and Brett are talking about. You're setting the modeling because, of course, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Or, you know, that's that just doesn't fly. Modeling is so huge of what you're setting the example for.
0: I love this conclusion we've arrived at here. And this is kind of what my takeaway is, is that not only have we reinforced the importance of family meals when it comes to childhood obesity, but I think we've established, we need to have family meals together and family activity together. And that's just not going out to have a shake that's going out and being active together as a family, right? Go out and do something, go out and play, get in the park, whatever it is, whatever game it is. You like. go play pickleball, right, Brett?
1: Absolutely. And I, As my favorite exercise physiologist, and I know everybody else has their own personal favorite exercise physiologist, but Per once said, walk your dog every day, even if you don't have a dog. Right. (laughs) I say, walk your child every day, even if you don't have a child, it'll benefit us all.
0: I love it. And that's a great way to wrap this up. This has been a lot of fun, you guys. Thanks for being here. I think this is such an important topic to everybody. There's nobody this doesn't relate to. And so nutrition, activity, just do it. Do it together as a family. I think that's the bottom line. Brett, Judy, thanks for being here today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, this is awesome. Thanks, Dave. And we will see you next time. On a way to heal Utah. Thanks for being here today.